Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Backwoods. However, 
I know who he is. And listening to him on the – I know who WCW, WCCW is. And it's just an absolute you – know, the Freebirds, the Von Erics. There's so much Baron Von Raschke going on. that It's just this guy had so much knowledge to tell us everything that everybody wanted to hear. And, again, I want this guy to come back on. We should write a book about him because this guy, he's got so much knowledge, stories. You can't get that anywhere else but than what you have here on Pancakes and Power Slam. So, honestly, absolute mind-blowing. You know, 90 minutes is never enough. 60 minutes with him wasn't enough. You know, time permitting, this guy could go on for three to four hours and you'd still have questions. What about this? What about that? Can you tell us about that? That's what we have to offer here, ladies and gentlemen. Please. You know where we're at Tuesday night. <laughs> Pancakes and pie. There's no question about it. Chris, what did you get from it? I mean, you interviewed the guy for 60 minutes. How did that – what did you feel after that? What was that accomplishment like? Well, first of all, it, it was me interviewing one of my childhood, uh, I guess, you know, inspirations as far as the announcement is concerned. You know, when I think about like an announcer and when I think about an announcer when I was a kid, you know, you got your Gary Michael Capetas and uh, Howard Finkels and then you have your Mark Lawrence and, and uh, you know, like I said, just the smoothness and the melodic tone that he has and just it, it was great, man. It was great to just relive, you know, 25 years ago and well, really. 30 years ago and um, talked to someone who just 30 years ago I, I saw on TV and it, it was, it was truly amazing. It was, it was truly an amazing, amazing. I mean, and just within the, you know, nearly four years of the pancakes and power slam show, that's what we've done anyways. I mean, you know, we, we relived so many people that we watched during the attitude era and, you know, during the, uh, you know, even before, before then, and just legendary figures like Ganya, you know, and it was just, it was just great. And just, you know, people like D'Lo Brown, who was, you know, had, had his height, one of the best mid carters of the attitude era period. And just, uh, you know, reliving those moments. It was, it's truly an honor. It's truly a blessing and a privilege to be here every Tuesday on the pancakes of power system show. It really is. And I, you know, I can't really express it enough how much, I'm just continuing to be humbled. I mean, we get over 8,000 listeners, and even with that, I'm still humbled. I'm not in a position of, you know, oh, I made it, and I'm somebody important. You know, it's just, I just continue to be humbled. This is just really, uh, it, it, it's still fun to me. You know, four years into it, it's still fun. It's not a routine. It's like some, it's not something I feel like I have to do or anything like that. I still look forward to every Tuesday night because it's still fun to me. I, I, I get the opportunity, and I'm known enough in the wrestling community now that it's it's easy to bring people on uh, because of my resume. And thank God, you know, that helps. But it's still, you know, I come in as a journalist, yes. I come in as a PR guy, yes. However, it's it's like, you know, I come in as a writer, but at the same time, I come in as a fan. I come in this show as a fan. And we, you know, and Derek, I'm sure I can speak for you as well, that we, we come in as analysts as we are, 
But at the same time, we come in as fans because we still enjoy the product. We still are fans of the product. We have a lot to critique about it, rightfully so, but we still come in as fans. And when, you know, interviewing, you know, big names now like Prince Puma and uh, Matt Seidel and Eli Drake, you know, and names like that, it's still awesome because I know that I was a part of their, their, their ascension, so to speak. You know, they were on my show. You know, people like Ricochet, Prince Puma was on my show, you know, weeks before he won the Junior Heavyweight uh, Tag Team Championship. So it's really awesome. And, you know, Eli Drake was on the show last summer. Now he's, you know, has the King of the Mountain briefcase. So, you know, and it's it's really awesome to to really be a part of that. And, you know, I, I know I can speak for you, Derek, as far as it, it's been such an amazing ride, the ebbs and flows of this show, and just continues, it, it just continues to get better and better, and people want to be on the show now. And it's really, truly an amazing thing to think about the four years of the show and think about how amazing it is to go into the studio on Tuesday nights and talk wrestling now. Uh, it's unbelievable. And like I said, everyone's got their place on pancakes and power slams. It's kind of a, it's a notch in the belt as far as someone up and coming or someone that's, you know, had their time in the business. Now they've moved on to other things. It doesn't matter. We're all wrestling fans. This is what we do. We love just the wrestling community because we all have something in common. And it's, it's like living in Columbus, Ohio, when you see somebody wearing a Buckeye shirt. Well, right there, there you go. Instant friends. So it's, we do this because we love to do this, and uh, we wouldn't be here if it was besides the fact. So we've got so much going on. Every week we have tons. Whether we have a speaker or somebody, a guest host or not, who cares? Because we've got the you know, the podcast is booming. We've got the chat rooms booming. Everybody's a buzz. Everyone loves it. They know who we are. They know this is a place where to be. It's Tuesday nights. Make no doubt about it. Everybody wants to be here, and this is the place to be. Oh, absolutely, it is. Yeah, it's uh, and it, and it's and it's fun, and we have the trivia. Speaking of uh, Columbus, Ohio, I will be live at NXT, so uh, be sure to uh, check out uh, NXT on Thursday. I'll be live there, and uh, you know, I'll be happy to uh, take pictures and and talk to some people at the. Uh, um, at the uh, Pavilion, the LC Pavilion, this Thursday at NXT Live. So I'm excited about that. So be sure to uh, hashtag Pan Slams uh, when we take pictures, when we have some fun. And I'm, I'm really excited about that and m- meeting some new people and uh, talking some pancakes and power slams. I remember I met a few people, who, uh, met a few fans last time uh, when NXT here was in Columbus last year, and it was it was great. Um, at that time, I think it was uh, around Del Wilkes um, being interviewed, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, it was great. So, I'm really, really looking forward to it. And we're going to have a fantastic, fantastic time. Got to come in here. NXT is on Columbus because of P and P. All right, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. <laughs> yes, that is the uh, that is the rock version of the pancakes and power slam show. I can, I can dig it. (laughs) Um, So listen, we're going to do some trivia. Of course. Uh, I I like this first thing. This first thing was really fun. We did last week. And then, uh, 
It's been very it was very successful last week, so I'm looking forward to do it again this week. First trivia. Uh, so with that being said, uh, I think I didn't ask this last week, but just in case I did, let me reiterate it. Who was the first owner of ECW? Who was the first owner of ECW? Of course, we have Raw Talk. We have WWE Roadblock coming up. What the heck is that all about? What a name. That that name's going to make me want to watch it. Uh, and, and, and it was going to make me intrigued to, to watch that. Roadblock. Todd Gordon, absolutely. Great job. Um, well, let, let me give you one of these. Since, uh, yeah, you get you a right answer. Ding. Good job. Yeah. So, <laughs> and also the flavor of the week this week, we're going to talk. We're going to start a series. Usually, you know, before big pay-per-views, we start some type of series reliving the, the pay-per-view, the series of the pay-per-view. And this series, before WrestleMania, we're a month out. This series is going to be on title changes. Uh, we, we did that with uh, Survivor Series, or Royal Ro- Rumble, I believe. And uh, we're going to do that with WrestleMania. So we're going to talk about the title changes from WrestleMania 1 to WrestleMania 6. And I'm really excited about that, too. Next trivia question. Next first trivia question. Who was the first IWGP heavyweight champion? Who was the first IWGP heavyweight champion of the world? All right. So let's get to Raw. I think there's something funner to talk about before Raw. I mean, uh, Super Tuesday, how about that? Um, you know, I'm really big into politics. Uh, you know, there's not much not much politics to talk here on the show, but Super Tuesday, and uh looks like we may have a Trump-Clinton ticket. And, uh, yeah, so you ready to move to Canada, Derek? Uh, I... I... <laughs> Doggone it. I don't know. I don't I'm not a big political person, especially I do when it gets closer to the time to vote for him. Um, Trump is a blowhard, but he's got an idea and a visualism that I can kind of go with. I'm not against Ben Carson either. Um, Hillary Clinton. No. Uh, Bernie Sanders. It seems like I don't need anyone's great grandpa to be in the White House. But again, I can't. This could totally change by next, you know, September, October when it gets really close. Donald Trump just seems like he says the right things, but he's a showcase. And I don't know if I want somebody like that running the country. I don't know if I trust somebody like that running the country. So I'm just kind of still up in the air. And again, politics isn't my strong point. And I just, what I say today could be different from tomorrow. What about you? <laughs> Man, I tell you, I uh, like I said, I mean, a Trump Clinton ticket would be the worst possible option. That I, I'm very much into politics, and man, a, a Trump Clinton ticket would be the worst possible ticket that I can, I as an American citizen could 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 have. I just, um, uh, I'm, I, I am a conservative, and. Um, yeah, but but Trump is is uh, uh man, it's just absolutely horrible. 
Um, Clinton is is no better. So yeah, I it, it's t- I was watching I was watching Super Tuesday for a couple of hours, and um, at that time before I, I it's it's recorded. Um, at that time, I think uh, I think Clinton won like five. I think both won five states before before I turned it off and had to um, do some things as far as in, in, in the studio. And they're uh, in the lead. And get, you get ready for get, yeah, I get ready for the the show. Yeah, I mean, but I knew that though. I, I knew that they were going to basically sweep. Um, just to, I mean, they're they're going to create a firewall in the south and you know mid <clears throat> mid eastern or or, or um, a northeastern New England states. Uh, of course, that belongs to Trump because you know he's from New York, so New York, Massachusetts, Vermont. Although Ohio Governor Kasich, he was. Uh, Second in Vermont, which uh, which is which came as a surprise. So it, it'll be interesting to see. I love watching the presidential debates. I've uh, the, the GOP debates. I've watched uh, all ten of them. I watched a few of the uh, Democratic national debates. Um, it's it's just fun to watch. I love it, and uh, it's good stuff. So, but we'll see. Um, I watch CNN like crazy. What what other shows you like to watch, Derek? Other shows outside wrestling, I don't know. I like The Simpsons, Seinfeld, <laughs> uh, football. I just, current events. I watch the news. I love to watch Jeopardy. That's one of my mainstays. I love uh, trying to see how smart I am. But um, that's pretty much about it. History Channel, Pawn Stars. Uh, I got to give it out to American uh, American Pickers. But for the most part, I don't watch a whole lot of TV, not as much as you'd think. So it's, uh, I like to read, watch the what sunset. Like read? <laughs> uh, I read uh, comic books. I read the news. I like Yahoo News. I like uh, uh, Star Wars, Calvin and Hobbes. What do you like to read, Chris? Put me on the spot. How dare you? <laughs> Man, listen, I uh, I read I, I read something every week. I'm a PhD student, so I read pages upon pages of about forensic psychology and mens rea and uh, you know guilty mind, which is which is what mens rea mean, and and and, and uh, personality uh, stuff and the uh, Erickson's personality theory, life stages, and and big five uh, theory and big three theory and oh man, just <laughs> biological, environmental and cultural behaviors and just a whole lot of stuff. So <laughs> that's, that's a lot of my reading. Of course I read the Bible and big Bible reader and uh, uh, a daily, it's about daily Bible reader. And uh, what else do I read other than Bible and school stuff? Um, I I was reading Shawn Michaels' book, uh, but I, I I read I read a bunch of it, but I just really couldn't get into it that much. I um I don't know. I just I mean it wasn't bad. It's it's not bad at all. Um, maybe maybe it was just like a a bit of a drought that I had like towards like a few chapters. I don't know, probably ten, twelve chapters in or maybe seven or eight chapters and I'm not quite sure, but, um, yeah, I, I don't remember 
his newest book. It's not bad, um, but it's just not it's not capturing enough because I read so much. So if I'm reading something extra, it needs to be capturing. JTG's books <laughs> JTG's book was very capturing. I, I I took me no time to read that, a few days probably. And so yeah, it was uh it was it was a really, really fun book that really got really was a it was a awesome shoot book, uh, but it, it didn't really what what I liked about JTG's book is that it didn't really give names, but it basically just des- basically described the person to a team. Uh, so, uh, Bill Apter's book, uh, yeah, you know what? He sent me, he sent me a book, but I don't know where it is. So, yeah, I, I need to find that. He he sent me a book. Mounted uh, to actually spoke with him on the phone. Uh, he actually uh, he he reached out to me and uh, and then we talked on the phone and uh, he wanted me to write a piece on his book. And uh, sorry, Bill, um, if you're listening to the show, I'll buy a copy from you if I can't find if I can't find it. I've been I've been just so busy with reading other stuff, but I would be very interested in actually reading Bill Apter's book when I. I found it. Um, so yeah, plus now it's uh, uh, about a month and a half ago I moved from a townhome to a house, and so uh, yeah, everything is basically cleaned up. But there's some still still a couple storage items that I probably have to dig in and try to find it. Um, but uh, it may be even boxed up. I'm not quite sure. But I, I need to find Apter's book and read it. That's the point. <laughs> but I know he has a lot to share and. Just being a wrestling historian, a journalist for thirty plus years is just uh, awesome. It really is. So I tried to read. Um, I read a few chapters of. Uh, uh, I think it was the, the the death of WCW, the part two or something like that. I read a little bit about. I read a little bit of that a, a few months ago. I read a few chapters of that. It was that seemed interesting. But yeah, I just. <clears throat> I like reading wrestling books just because, um, you know, I, I have a desire. I, I've written a, a chapter or so on, uh, on my book, and one one of these days I'm going to release it and finish it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it, it's a wrestling book. So just, uh, you know, give me in your prayers on that. One day it, uh, it'll, be, it'll be written and published. So. Um, but I, right now I'm, I'm working on uh, publishing a couple other things, so it's a little bit uh, in the back burner. So, but yeah, as far as television shows, um, big Survivor fan. I'm, I'm a really, really big. What other book would I write? Uh, was a question asked in the chat room. Um, well, I'm a certified life coach, and so I have a bunch of blogs and um, some some more seasoned life coaches has encouraged me, based on reading of my material, has encouraged me to uh, transform my blogs into books, just adding more flavor and layers on my blogs because they like my blogs a lot and they think that it could uh, really help someone as far as uh, books are concerned. So I had a couple books in mind as far as uh, life coaching and um, relationships Faith, things like that. 
Um, Survivor, big Survivor fan, actually applied to be on Survivor a few years back. Um, I think I'm apply again. That's one of my bucket list items. Uh, as far as uh, what else uh, TV show I like, other than wrestling and huge sports fan, uh, kudos to Duke for beating uh, Wake Forest today. Um, and then let me see as far what else. I'm a huge investigation discovery uh, fan, murder mystery guy. That's why I look, I'm in forensics, so um, criminal minds. First 48 is one of my favorite shows. I, I love the first 48. That That show is absolutely amazing. Um, and that's really it as far as television. I watch CNN a lot. Uh, I watch, I watch uh, Fox News a lot, and um, that's really it as far as as far as television. I don't watch a lot of don't watch a lot of television. Got a comment? Walking Dead is a great show. I heard a lot of good things about Walking Dead. I do, oh yeah. I I just don't watch. I don't, I don't want Walking television. Dead is amazing. I heard of, I heard from a lot of <laughs> so good. Walking, I, I you know what I might binge I might binge it just just because I might find it on demand somewhere and, and like binge watch it or something like that. But I just don't watch TV enough to really. Um, uh, I don't know. I just don't watch TV enough to really indulge myself so much into a whole series. The, this is my guilty pleasure. Uh, the haves and have-nots is one of my favorite television shows. It's, it's like a, it's a, one of the, one of the Tyler Perry series. I'm not a big fan of Tyler Perry series, like television series. I only watched a few of the movies, but I'm a huge fan of the haves and have-nots. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm guilty for that. So, so yeah, that's that's the that's the t- TV I watch. Um, speaking of TV, I guess we should. Uh, <laughs> Uh, got a got a hoarders yeah hoarders I, I watched I watched hoarders um but I, I just get so disgusted when when I watch hoarders you know what I I, I used to watch hoarders I used to watch uh, the six hundred pound life I, I used to watch that a few times I've I used to watch Pawn Stars a whole lot actually. Um, Pawn Stars was uh, I was addicted to, to that show for a while. Um, that's really it as far as television. I mean, something as far as a weekly show. The weekly shows that I watch are Raw, SmackDown, uh, Impact Wrestling. But I watch it. Well, I, I'm lazy when I watch that. I'll catch it toward the next show. Same thing with Ring of Honor. Although I love Ring of Honor, but it just I just don't have time to watch it like right then and there. Um, Survivor, haves and have nots, and that's it. That's really it as far as weekly weekly shows. I used to watch Jeopardy every day, but I just don't have the time to do that anymore. So, so yeah, there is the <laughs> the awesome um, the awesome television watching. Next next trivia question. Uh, yeah, first. IWGP Heavyweight Champion. I still don't see anything about that. Somebody's about to get buzzed. I still don't see the correct answer about that. The first IWGP um, Heavyweight Champion. We're asking, uh, we're, we're, we're having uh, comments on the, in the chat room asking when Eli Drake will be back. So it uh, looks like that uh, Eli Drake is on high demand. Um, and there was, before we get to Raw, there was one other thing. Let's uh, real quick. Uh, 14th anniversary. 
with uh, ROH. It was awesome. Amazing, as always, my boy. Jay Lethal kept the title against uh, Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. I'm glad that he kept it. Um, I, I There was a part of me that kind of felt like they were going to go with Kyle O'Reilly. Um, but, you know, I'm glad that they did. I like Kyle O'Reilly, but I, I'm glad that they didn't because, you know, uh, you know, Jay Lethal can keep that belt for five years if he wants to, and I'll, I'll be totally fine with that. He can have a Bruno San Martino eight-year run, and I'll be totally fine with that. So <laughs> that's how I feel about, uh, yeah, Think that that's basically what happened when, uh, <clears throat> as far as Jay Lethal is concerned. Our real, real uh, big announcement, real quick, uh, before we get to Raw, uh, we'll be right back, and we'll uh, I'll I'll give you an announcement. You are now listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam Show, hosted by Chris Featherstone and Derek of Crave Wrestling. This is the new. Tuesday Night Titans! Ladies and gentlemen, mark your calendars for next week. We are going to have TNA Tag Team Champion Davey Richards on the show next week. Uh, And as you know, he injured his knee real bad, um, had surgery on it, hopped... uh, Hobbled to class. He's in class. Uh, he's in college as well. Hobbled to class. Took a math class. Took a math exam and aced it. Uh, so hardworking guy. Former um, Ring of Honor World Champion as well. So Davy Richards. I'm really excited to talk to talk to Davey Richards. Uh, I, I spoke with my editor, of Sports Illustrated, uh, today actually, <laughs> and um, talked about some things to address and that I already had. Uh, already in store, and so we we came up with some ideas. So there's some things that I definitely want to address to to, to talk to David Richards about, and I'm really excited about that. So Derek Raw, yeah, start us off, man. Oh, Monday Night Raw last night. Well, let's see. Triple H comes out. I mean, that was such a long segment with him and Dean Ambrose going back and forth. You know, Dean asked for a match with Triple H, and it's like almost what what does that say about his feud with Brock Lesnar? That was the most surprising thing about me. You got Brock Lesnar, one of the biggest names, not the biggest name in WWE. They have a match at WrestleMania, the biggest showcase of immortals. And all Ambrose is concerned about is Triple H and the championship. I get that as far as, you know, Ambrose wants to win the championship, obviously, and go against Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. But what does that do to Brock Lesnar? That was almost like a slap in the face. I mean, if I was Brock Lesnar, I would be so upset and be like, what? Okay, Ambrose obviously probably isn't going to win at Roadblock or whatever this pay-per-view or whatever is going to be on the WWE Network is called. But, you know, just to uh, – just like Chris, a few and I were going to fight at WrestleMania – and all of a sudden, I come out and say, I want to fight so-and-so and get the title before I do that and just kind of snuff you. That's how it almost feels like. And what's so if if Dean Ambrose wins a title against Triple H, probably isn't going to happen, where does that leave Brock Lesnar? Is he still going to fight Ambrose? No. 
because Roman Reigns is to fight the champion at WrestleMania. So you get the two buddies, the brothers, fighting each other. But, again, where does that leave Triple H? And where does that leave Brock Lesnar? Would they go together and fight each other at WrestleMania? The whole thing was just kind of a cluster. I don't understand what the WWE is trying to build out of that. And, uh, anyway, the, it ends up that Ambrose is going to fight Del Rio at the end of the end of Monday Night Raw. Which Monday Night Raw last night wasn't too much to talk about, but the opening segment itself just kind of went long, and it just raised a lot of questions: Is what what are you trying to feed the WWE public? Again, Dean Ambrose, you're going against Brock Lesnar WrestleMania. The match has been set. You begged for this. Lesnar beat you to a pulp, stepped on your face, and now you're concerned about Triple H with the title. What did you get from that, Chris? Man, I I agree with you. It just, you know, it, it really seems as if this was just a build up for Roadblock, and and it's just it's just a, a, a it's just a network thing. It just seems like it's a network subscription thing for the WWE, and that's just a horrible way to book from a consistent purpose. From, from a consistent standpoint, because right now, obviously, it seems as if you're booking for the twelfth, which is in eleven days. The the twelfth is what's on your what's on you know your 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 roadblock right now. You're only basically, you're only taking two weeks to build up for some random special two weeks before Mania that really doesn't doesn't even mean anything. It doesn't. It's just for the. It's just to try to get more subs for the network, and then. You know, it's it's so ridiculous as far as you're you're in order to get new subs, you know, in order to get new people who subscribe to the network, you're kind of dissing, or you're 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 basically just not really paying attention, or you're not very concerned about your loyal fan, and that is just absolutely ridiculous to me. Like who? Who really cares about the buildup between Triple H and Dean Ambrose? If one, Dean, just how how we're how are we supposed to understand this? You spent all this time gathering a number one contender. You even had a pay per view to to determine number one contender, and a week later, you have Dean Ambrose who becomes a number one contender before the number one contender. Please explain to me how that makes sense at all. Why would you even have a pay- now? What's next? Brock Lesnar come out next week and say, you know, I, I want to beat you up, or or I'm I'm going to prove to you how I'm a number one, number one contender, and then they, he's number one contender now. It just the the consistency of the booking and the logic does not make sense whatsoever. Why are you going to have all this time building Roman Reigns to be your number one contender? And Dean Ambrose is now the number one contender to the title. Just it doesn't make sense at all. It makes absolutely no sense at all. And you know you're saving Triple H. He hasn't you know defended? Has he won the title? You know at the at the uh, at Royal Rumble, and that was you know over a month ago, and almost a month and a half ago. He doesn't defend it. He he hasn't defended it since. And, and you know, you're saving your. It makes the title spe- special when you're building 
from Royal Rumble to WrestleMania. So I'm, I'm okay with that. The, the number one contender concept for Fastlane was fine. Triple H not defending was a good idea. I was totally fine with that because it adds more prestige to the title because you're not doing things. I get it. But just having this random match on the network for the sake of subscriptions and and, and you know, I looked at the roster of you know they're having another um, show that that's in Canada if I'm not mistaken, um, and then you have. I think a show in New Jersey um, the same day. I think like Kevin Owens, Kalisto, uh, and just about all the League of Nations are going to be there. So you, so you're not really, you're not really building storylines to that that consistently goes through WrestleMania. You're not, you're not even doing much of that on this special. It's supposed to be two and a half hours, but it, it still, it still isn't going to make. I mean. It's not going to make much sense from a booking standpoint because it just doesn't make – because it's just one of those things that, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be in Toronto. So, so there, it's just one of those things that there's not much to it to, for me to be intrigued. Uh, I think Roman Reigns is going to get Sheamus too. That doesn't make any sense. So why Roman Reigns' bill is booked for this event – he he he's booked for the event, but Dean Ambrose is going is vying for the title, but Roman Reigns is the number one contender. It's just it's just a lot of holes, gaping holes, in the consistency of this booking. And, and that's been that's been a running issue for for quite some time, unfortunately, and it still is. It's, it's, it's very apparent that it's still a running issue. With this, with this booking, and you're, you're right. It just makes absolutely no sense. Uh, you know, where does it leave Reigns? Where does it leave Lesnar? I'm really hoping we're not seeing a four away with this. I, I really, really hope that we don't see a four way with this because everybody always complains that WrestleMania 2000 was one of the worst uh, main events ever, and it had Triple H, uh, Big Show, The Rock, and Mick Foley. And two of them, two of them, uh, let me see, you have uh, Mick Foley's already in the Hall of Fame. The Rock, Big Show, and Triple H are going to be in the Hall of Fame. So you have one Hall of Famer and eventually four Hall of Famers in that match, and people still complain about that being the worst, one of the worst ever. So basically, 16 years later, you're going to set yourself up for another four-way match, potentially, and... No, I mean just a four-way match at WrestleMania. I didn't think it was horrible, but just the whole concept of a four-way match again at WrestleMania is just not very intriguing to me. I, I wasn't a big fan of Lesnar and Ambrose based on how they're booking Ambrose. Like I said, Lesnar Ambrose on paper isn't horrible, but if you're if you're booking Ambrose like a wuss and <laughs> If he's getting beat up by Brock Lesnar every week and you're booking him as a wuss, how am I supposed to be intrigued or excited that he has a a snowball's chance next to an inferno to beat Brock Lesnar? Yeah, I understand it's a street fight. I understand he can use weapons so that could be to his advantage. But the way they've been booking Ambrose, I'm I'm not very excited. Not, Not at all. What what happened next? 
Uh, yeah, I, the same thing. <clears throat> I agree with you. Then we got the uh, Becky Lynch versus Sasha and Charlotte's ringside. All four shoulders were uh, were pinned to the ground. So is this going to be end up being a three way at WrestleMania? Is WrestleMania going to be nothing but no one on one, but people versus people? Um, <laughs> I mean, Charlotte again. I, Becky and Sasha. I, they can put on a great match for the divas division. They are, and even Charlotte, she's great as well. But just to see, it's just so. Once it happens, you're just like, oh, of course, of course, that's going to happen. I can see this happening. It's predictable. So it's going to be a three-way for the uh, Divas Championship. Shouldn't be that way. We don't need multiple people in matches. We just need one-on-one. We need the best of the best at WrestleMania, the showcase of the Immortals. But it just ends up it's going to be just a stew of people that should be in the main event but they just can't decide who should be in the main event. So they've just put all these random participants in it. Not a big fan of it. The match was lackluster and just the ending of it was predictable. I knew exactly as soon as it happened, it was going to happen. And that's what we got for it. After that, you had the Dolph Dolphin Miz. The Miz wins after 10 seconds. Are you kidding me? That would never happen in a perfect world. And Dolph Ziggler doesn't deserve that kind of punishment and that kind of retribution. So, what's going to come of that? Okay, Dolph and Miz are going to fight at WrestleMania, obviously, or maybe even Roadblock. Last night's Raw was just so up in the air. Every finish just seemed to be like, what are they trying to achieve with this? So, yeah, yeah. With the Sasha, with the Sasha and uh, Becky Lynch thing, it, you know. It it was weird because it was basically the same type of finish as Samoa Joe and Sami Zayn on NXT uh, when they you know when when uh, Sami did the halluva kick and and fell on in uh, on Joe and Joe you know was kind of still pending Sami and you know it was weird because they're they're doing the same type of thing with determining the number one contender for Finn Balor at uh, at uh, Takeover um, Dallas, and so the whole type of you know all shoulders on the mat finish with this was weird because it already happened in NXT. So you know it's kind of like a booking a double booking type thing. You know WWE taking some booking. I guess some booking pointers from NXT, oddly enough. But you know, it it was weird because I don't see how someone can be knocked out or exhausted from doing a sunset flip to go backwards. <laughs> it just, you know, it just doesn't make sense. I just, if anything, I'm gonna lean forward because of the momentum. I'm not gonna say, oh man, that was exhausting, and just fall back and just. And that doesn't make much sense at all. And to fall back for a three count, it was it was a very odd, oddly done. It was finish. fake. It was so fake. It, it, yeah, it was. It, you know, it was fake, and you saw and you noticed that it was very. You you could tell that it was so scripted because you because you could tell that you know the the, the maneuver like the, the positioning was had to be very just accurate and just pinpointed got to make sure that some of Becky Lynch is on Sasha and, you know, Sasha's basically her hands on top of Becky Lynch just to make sure she's in a pending position. It, it was just, it just looked very coerced. 
and, and, and rehearsed rather. And I didn't like it. It, it would have made more, it would have made much more sense if, you know, and for some reason they want to stretch this out to uh, SmackDown, just like, you know, again, the whole NXT thing, you first started with Baron Corbin in there. It was a double submission. Then they stretched it out to just two people. And it's, and it's, and they, you know they're still they still created some confusion confusion then it, it there's no need first of all smackdown's taped and and it's going to be you know people going to know what happened so having stuff on smackdown isn't as exciting anymore because i, I know personally a whole lot of people who just watch who just read the spoilers because they're not very interested in watching the show so it doesn't really cause much intrigue because because that finish happened. It doesn't cause much intrigue to to watch SmackDown because even with Raw at the end of the day, it would have made much sense if Charlotte would just beat both of the both of them down. It's a double disqualification, so they both you know are number one contenders because it really you know it really hinted on Raw. There's been reports and rumors about it. And they really hinted on Raw that um, both, you know, it's going to be a triple threat anyways. They've been hinting that for quite some time now. I'm totally fine with the triple threat match because I've said before that I'm a big Becky Lynch fan. I think she deserves to to have a really good run. Um, But, and and I'm really glad that she's she's got a spot on WrestleMania. This type of prominent spot in the Divas division on WrestleMania as opposed to the other diva spot that we'll see, which will probably be a match between Brie Bella and Lana. I'm sure you're excited about that, Derek. You, are you excited about the Ravishing Russian? No? <laughs> you're not excited, Derek? I guess not. <laughs> yeah, that pretty much explains it all there. Yeah, Brie Bella and Lana, uh, that that just doesn't make sense at all of, of why. I guess they I guess they want Lana to uh, to wrestle. Um, yeah, it, for some reason she's going to fight Brie Bella. It seems like she's going against Brie Bella, but you know that's that's not going to be exciting exciting at all. What happened next, Derek? Uh, not a whole lot. Steph comes out, talks about Shane McMahon. And what do you feel about Lana and Brie Bella? You didn't say anything. Oh, Lana and Brie Bella. What are, what are they stretching for? Because Brie Bella obviously isn't going to be around much longer. Lana has been in exile for a while. So obviously I think Lana's going to get the upper hand. Brie Bella just seems like she's running on empty air. And the WWE doesn't really want a whole lot to do with her anymore. Based on the fact, I guess, because Daniel Bryan's out. So, I can see Lana. The only thing with Lana is the WWE doesn't really seem to be behind her as much as they should be. Or has ever been behind her. So, it just seems kind of like, just for me, honestly, like a wasted space. Like something, we've got this girl, let's do something with her and see what we can do. So, basically... I see Lana getting the overhand on Brie Bella and Brie Bella just kind of seeing her way out. And that's pretty much it. 
I mean, yeah. after that, you've, you've got the Steph McMahon comes out and talks about Shane and how Shane hasn't been around seven years. You don't care about your nieces. You don't care about your children. <laughs> uh, the family matters thing just kind of goes on and on. And, you know, it, bottom point is everybody wants Shane McMahon back. Everybody. We want to see Shane McMahon. We want to see the Mean Street Posse come back. We want Joey Abs and uh, what are the other names? Pete Gass. <laughs> yeah, and Rodney. Yeah, Rodney. Oh man, you know I gotta bring one. Man. I gotta bring one of them on the show soon, man. Matter of fact, you just you just made you just created a project for me. Thank you, Derek. I gotta have you can. One they will the be here. Posse. Yes. <laughs> yes. What they're, else are they doing? Musical. Nothing. They no, need to be on the pancakes exactly. and power slam. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The Mean Street Posse, their 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 uh their theme music was pretty cool too. Um yeah. It, it's so funny with the Mean Street Posse, like they were just some you know, jokes of people and they actually became important. I mean, you know, being with Shane McMahon actually created them to be legitimate, you know, uh uh le- legitimate people, legitimate uh um, yeah. Wrestlers, yeah. So I was I was uh, intrigued by that. Main Street Posse. Main Street Posse. I'm excited to have them on here. They were absolutely wonderful. And then you have the Lucha Dragons against Sheamus and Rusev. And the match was it was your typical, you know, tag team match. Not a whole lot going on. Yeah, Lucha Dragons have been getting a lot of steam lately. I mean, they're really I mean, Kalisto and everything. Uh, they can't do anything wrong. Uh, League of Nations are still trying to find their way, but it's again, it's not going to be a very lasting stable. It's not a stable we're going to be talking about two years from now. So, there's not a whole lot to go on with that. Right back against Adam Rose. Again, it's another thing that what do you expect from Adam Rose? What do you expect from Ryback? Ryback just seems to be this bitter, wants to be a heel. We're not too sure yet. I prefer his old ring gear over his new ring, ring gear. Adam Rose, I know he's your boy. You love him, but he he's just seems baby. to be. Baby. Baby. I'm glad the bunny's gone. I wasn't too hip on the Kojak lollipop thing that he yeah. had going on. So, I you I know. Like, I don't like the bunny either. But, I, I agree with that. But I just wish I want to see Fondango again. Nah. Pancakes and power slams, people. We need <laughs> Fondango back. Yeah. Is he even? On, I don't want. Is he even on the roster anymore? Yeah, he does a lot of superstars and and uh, well, event stuff. Yeah, he's, he needs to be called the Raw. I would take Bo Dallas out, and I would put Fandango, oh, put Fandango in. As Bo far Dallas, as the, the social outcast. Like, forget I, about I, Bo I, Dallas. <laughs> I, right, I think Fandango makes a better member of the social outcast than Bo Dallas does. I, I really do. It just uh, makes sense. Um, Obviously, Dallas is there because Bray Wyatt's a big name and everyone loves Mike Rotundo. But he himself yeah. has to do a thing he never did. I mean, he tries to be – he just he's awkward. He looks weird. He's chunky. Yeah. He just he doesn't <laughs> there's nothing that he brings to Monday Night Raw that makes me want to say, Hey, I love Bo Dallas. I don't yeah. I agree. I agree. I I, I, I it's just I just don't see 
I just don't see much in him. I just I just really don't see much in, in Bo Dallas. He just really doesn't wow me too much, to be honest with you. Um, I, I, I never was into his gimmick. Uh, he was good in NXT. Uh, I'll give him that much, but other than that, yeah. Send him back to NXT. <laughs> yeah, but the problem is he uh, he went against Neville, and, and he you know there was a stipulation that if he lost, he couldn't go. He couldn't be in NXT anymore. So um, maybe wrestling. For, maybe, yeah, maybe people were anything can happen. That yeah, that's true. It's funny because Austin Aries went against Rockstar Spud and, and had that same type of stipulation, and then came exactly. back for the uh, championship uh, series. So it was exactly. It was I just, it, and they really didn't have an explanation to it. He just came back, and it was it was like okay. So what? I mean, we just want to forget about the storyline that happened just a few weeks back. So yeah, I, I agree with you. <laughs> if he just appeared in NXT, uh, I'm sure they they probably wouldn't even have an explanation to it. He'd just be there. So yeah, I agree. Uh, before you go on, let me let me uh, throw another trivia question. Let me ask this to you. Actually, let me do this first. <clears throat> no correct answer on my previous question, which was who was the first IWGP Heavyweight Champion? Antonio Inoki. How dare you all? Antonio Anoki. You should all be ashamed. Yes. All right, Derek. What? Who was Big Van Vader's opponent on his debut at the Great American Bash 1990? Who was Big Van Vader's opponent, Great American Bash 1990? Uh, I want to say Lex Luger. I could be wrong. I do remember the main event was Rick... I want to remember Ric Flair was against Sting. Am I right That's about true. that? That's, that, that is Big that. Van Vader. I remember he still had the headset, or not the headset, but the uh, the shoulder pads and the helmet and the smoke That's coming true. out. He'd set it on. Shoot, who was it? I honestly, I remember the, I remember the paper. I had it Tom on the video, but I rented it. Tom Zink, the Z-Man. The Z-Man. I yes. rented that video. <laughs> rented it from my local blockbuster, whatever it was called. Mm-hmm. Oh man, Tom Zink, the Z Man. I, I remember that like it was yesterday. I remember. And Tom Zink out. probably got the crap, but he did. He did. He, he was. It was no good for Tom Zink that night, especially that, especially in the beginning when when people had to eat those power bombs and just oh my goodness, they, they were just murdered in there like he his his power bombs in the beginning of his WCW career was just relentless it was just it was just remorseless it was calloused his power bombs were just neck breaking if you if you have a chance if you're listening live right now I encourage you after the show go YouTube Vader's power bombs and hit oh my goodness I would have never want to be a recipient of a Vader bomb during his heyday and during his very aggressive heel run. It was it was nothing to be envied. I think was that pay per view. The ramp was level with the ring. Yeah, yeah. So they walked lot, straight out. Was, that was a lot of WCW pay per views. Like yeah, that, that was a WCW so, thing. It's always kind of yeah. weird for me. <laughs> yeah. TNA tried to pick that up too during the Hogan era. Yeah, you know, TNA it, can't do anything right. 
Yeah, it was it was it was tradition. I saw I saw the tradition in it, and I respect the tradition from that. But you know, I agree. It was just, but Sting would Sting would use it to his advantage because a lot of times when Sting, you know, Sting would come out last, and the heel would be there waiting for him. And a lot of times he would run on the ramp and just leap over the ropes and just dive into the heel. So that was a very good way to start the match. So Sting used it to his advantage. Um, let me ask you again another question, Todd. What year did Sting win his first NWA World Heavyweight Championship? 1990. Good job. Yes. <laughs> Great job. All right, so uh, what happened on Raw next? Oh, Monday Night Raw. You know, we go have AJ Styles and Y2J. Honestly, we've talked about how, you know, why is Y2J with AJ Styles? Why are they feuding? I enjoy the tag team camaraderie. I really do. Whether it's good for business or not, whether it's good for Y2J or not, I do enjoy it. They went against New Day last night. New Day can't do anything wrong. Nothing can be bad against the New Day, no matter what they do. Uh, with the unicorn horns and trombone and riding unicorns, do whatever they want to do. So you had AJ and Y2J. They won. Good for them. I think they're a great tag team. And I know it's it's a novelty thing. It's not going to stay. But for the most part, I'm enjoying it while it lasts. I don't know if that's going to hurt AJ Styles in the long run. Because, I mean, Y2J has nothing to worry about. Because he is Chris Jericho, and that's just the thing. That's what he is, and that's what he does. He he goes in any role, and he makes it shine. So, for the most part, I enjoyed the match. I enjoy their tag team camaraderie. Again, if it's good for business or not, I don't know. But I enjoy it for the most part as a fan. I mean, what do you think? How is that? Yeah. I you know You know what's so funny about that? Because people are always talking about – um, yeah, he should be in the Intercontinental title match. He should be in a, a Intercontinental title match against Kevin Owens. And you know what's interesting? Because I'm I'm totally okay with him not, actually. Uh, because I think it'll be a little bit too early. You don't want to... Pay your dues. You don't, you don't want to peak him too soon. You don't want to just come... You know, you don't have, You don't want him to come in and two and a half months later uh, win a title, win an Intercontinental title. It just doesn't make sense at all. I'm not, I wasn't a big fan of the uh, the Jericho AJ feud because I really didn't think it was going to ascend him at all. But I definitely don't think it's a demotion by teaming him up with Jericho. I really don't. I think it's a really good type of initiation thing, and I think him feuding with the New Day going into WrestleMania and even at WrestleMania, him winning a tag team title two and a half months in his career, it's fine with me. And, and then of course. Here, here's his my in a perfect world. This would be my scenario. So basically, people thinking, and it really it just seems like the writing is on the wall that uh, Jericho's going to make the turn next week. But and I hope that that doesn't happen because I really don't, I don't want to see Jericho AJ again. I just I just don't. Um, the 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 positive is that there's a highlight reel scheduled uh, with Jericho with the New Day. On roadblock, so hopefully that is a uh, continuation in uh, storyline. Uh, maybe we might see a screwy finish with the new day, 
some disqualification or count on or something like that. And maybe maybe we will we will see this match at uh, WrestleMania. And I'm t- uh, again, I'm totally okay with Y2AJ winning the tag team titles. I'm, I'm totally fine with that. I think it would be even cooler if they go a couple of uh, months uh, defending the titles, having some really good matches, having some really good matches, and it ties into Finn Balor or uh, Anderson and Gallows coming up. Um, it, it, it ties into their debut. Now, of course, it doesn't make sense for AJ to follow Balor uh, as far as the Balor club. Uh, but you know, they it wouldn't be it wouldn't be horrible if they both had like a leadership role. And basically, if AJ kind of played the leader, I know that he broke up with the Bullet Club. I, I get it, but he didn't break up with Balor. I mean, he, it was more of an Omega, Kenny Omega thing, and, and not not too much of a. It wasn't a Finn Balor thing because Finn Balor wasn't there. So, you know. He can he can make he can right the wrongs, you know, with uh, him with uh, Anderson and Gallows. I would be okay with it. I'd be okay with seemingly people thinking that AJ is going to be the one making the turn, and AJ actually makes the turn and and aligns with Balor and uh, and Anderson and Gallows, and so that would be that would be something I would be very intrigued about because the thing is. Making making AJ Styles just a, a cookie cutter type of baby face right now, I, I, it's not horrible. It's, it's, it's not horrible, but I think that they can add some more layers with AJ by actually swerving him as a heel. Um, I really think that'll work, uh, especially I think it opens up a, a little bit more opportunities because the thing is. It's just a. It's not. It shouldn't just be about just watching good matches. Yeah, AJ and, and Owens will be a good match, but eh, I mean, what's the story behind it? What's the build? You know, and I've said many times, wrestling's about characters. You know, characters are number one. Storylines is what drives the suspense and the intrigue for someone to come back next week. It's not a good match. It's not because people complain about Ziggler versus Owens. And it happens every week. So you can't sit there and convince me that you come, that you watch Raw before the good matches. Because if that's the case, you wouldn't complain about that match happening every week. You wouldn't complain about Kalisto and Del Rio happening every week because it does. So don't come, don't, don't, don't say that you come, that you watch Raw because of the good matches because you wouldn't complain about that. You watch because the suspense and the build and the intrigue and the cliffhangers, just like a story, just like a, a drama. And so building a story with AJ being the villain and swerving Y2J and saying, you know, I was never, I'm not a rookie. I'm not a kid. Blah, blah, blah. I've been doing this thing for 18 years. Doing that, using that angle, can, it would actually draw suspense and in, in extending a, a uh, Styles and Jericho feud. It would. It would be very, it would make it a lot more interesting than simply having Jericho do another heel turn, and of course you know he's going to lose to AJ. It just that just wouldn't be intriguing. Yeah, we just need uh, Y2J to just kind of run off this rule that he's doing right now and go on and do other things. 
AJ Styles, again, build his character. It's great that they're not pushing him to the spotlight like they normally typically would. So yeah. keep this going. And, again, there's nothing the new they can't do that's going to hurt them. There's nothing they can do that would hurt them because they are the intimate tag team. They are one of the highlights of Raw. So, again, you could put marshmallows and chocolate all over them. They'd come out, and they'd be millionaires. So, Forget about that. AJ and Y2J, they got what's going for. After that, you got Vince McMahon comes out. And then you finally have The Undertaker come back. Well, I think last time we saw him was Survivor Series, if I remember. Yep. And, you know, that's all he needed to do. Come out, grab Vince by the throat, and say, his blood is on my hands. I'm not excited about this match at Survivor Series. I am nope. really not, because either way, it's going to come out horrible. I don't want to see Shane lose because that means he's, from what the storyline goes, he's not going to have anything to do with WWE. I don't want The Undertaker to lose, obviously, because The Undertaker is The Undertaker. So what do you have to offer from this match that it's hell in a cell? It's going to be a brutal match. Shane McMahon's going to have a lot of high spots. It's going to be awesome. Undertaker's going to have high spots. It's going to be awesome. But whoever's hand is raised at the end there's going to be consequences and there's just going to be a whole lot more questions is what is going on? Why do I care about this? Yes, exactly, exactly, exactly. And here's the, here's the issue. And I tweeted this uh, during the show yesterday or Monday or raw, like, okay, so Taker comes out and he doesn't, he doesn't add any type of sense to being Vince McMahon's hired muscle. It, like if he would have came out, which I, which wouldn't have made sense, it wouldn't have made sense at all. If he would have came out and made any type of sense in being Vince McMahon's guy, it would have added some type of layer, or it would have it would have added some type of clarity to the angle. But instead, he does the exact opposite. He comes out, he chokes McMahon, talks about. I have nothing to do with this. You for basically you forced me into this position. I I have nothing to do with this. This is your doing. Count me out as far as being any type of culprit. So of course that adds baby face, you know, cheers with him. He came out the first time in over three months, so that you know the whole return. So he gets the return pop, and in addition he gets the pop for choking the. You know, one of the biggest heels on on the roster, so he's still a babyface, and he's going to be in his home state. He's not going to get cheered. I mean, he's not going to get booed in his home state. He's going to be in Texas at WrestleMania. He's the biggest attraction in WrestleMania history, and he's going to get cheered in his home. How is this going to make sense as far as trying to make Taker a heel? So Taker's a clear-cut babyface. Of course, Shane's a clear-cut babyface because he's feuding against Vince and, and Stephanie, who's the two, you know, two of the biggest faces on the, you know, on Raw. So you have two babyfaces fighting for, you know, Undertaker's forced to defend Vince. So why would he even want to fight Shane? Because he doesn't want to do it anyways. But he's going to be cheered. There's no clear-cut heel. So it, it adds 
more confusion to the story that doesn't make sense anyways. I, I'm really hoping that we don't see Shane and Taker at WrestleMania Hell in a Cell. Now, if you did this, you know, if the two had to face each other and one of them was going to retire, if, it, you know, they were just kind of like a, a dog fight type thing, it would make a little bit more sense. But the stipulation is horrible. Vince is hiring Undertaker to save the company in the name of the McMahons, who clearly, as you've seen on Monday, there's still animosity with McMahons. He doesn't the McMahons. He's, he, he has no type of friendship or positive relationship with Vince McMahon, you know, of course, storyline-wise. So why would he want to defend Vince McMahon in any type of fight? It makes no sense at all. The match is going to be one of the best on the card, yes, if it goes through. But again, especially for WrestleMania, I'm not watching WrestleMania simply for matches. Again, like I've, like I've written in an article, Steamboat Savage was not the $90,000 seat match. Hogan and Andre was. And Hogan and Andre was two of the worst wrestlers on the roster at that time. It's the story that came behind it. It was the whole ripping the chain off. It was the whole, you know, Hogan, you know, you know, looking up and, and in desperation, crying out to the Hulkamaniacs and crying to, you know, crying out, you know, to the, to the higher power, you know, just months of build and just, you know, he, he was, he was friends with Andre and Andre betrayed him. For, for for the money of Bobby Heenan, the story came behind that, and you, you didn't have to do a lick of wrestling, which they really didn't, you know, in that match, to make it memorable. Why? Because it had a good story. This story, it's 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 convoluted. It's confusing. It doesn't make any sense at all. So, I'm not intrigued about the match. The match the match itself, like I said, the match itself is going to be awesome, but I'm not intrigued and the outcome of the match and the story behind the match, because it's very confusing. It's confusing. <clears throat> very confusing. We go on to Kevin Owens against the big show. Uh, the count out for Kevin Owens, it makes sense, but it kind of makes him look like a lazy champion because a yeah. big show never wins. And he won, but not by a pin, but from a technicality. So Kevin Owens is kind of a going back and forth. This is, wants to be tough, but he loses a lot lately. And so he loses on a technicality. So how does that make him be stronger when you have someone like the Big Show that obviously is a born, as of lately, a born loser? That's how the WWE uses him. Maybe he's got some steam from being on the Steve Austin podcast. Yeah. But again, that doesn't do anything for Kevin Owens being counted out Still winning the title. I mean, we've seen that so many times over the years. You still retain the title because you were counted out. That, yeah. that, that, that That's great. So, Kevin Owens, crying out loud, you've got a lot more you can do. In the, the big show, that doesn't make you be as happy as you want. But that doesn't make you any better than what you were yesterday or Sunday, Saturday, Friday. And, again, debris against Naomi. Lana makes an appearance. We kind of talked about that earlier. Not too much, again, going on there. I don't think – I think Bree's pretty much kind of an afterthought with the WWE Universe as now. 
because she wants she's maybe the point she wants to make babies and be with Daniel Bryant, live on a mountain in the cabin and do nothing for the rest of her life. Which is fine with me. Where does that leave Naomi? Naomi needs more. So let's make mm-hmm. Naomi and Lana more of the the appearance challenge that you want to have at the go-to show for WrestleMania between these two. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, and I and I totally agree. Naomi deserves better. She does. I think this whole team bad thing is is just really bridling her. She's an she's an awesome competitor, and she you know a couple of years ago she was one of the top baby faces of of the divas division and basically had a guaranteed uh, title you know run going on with her and Oksana just basically just uh, tore up her eye when when she did that striking knee, and that just kind of uh, I mean it just kind of. Uh, faded any type of hopes of, uh, of any type of uh, push, title push. Sadly, it was, it was really unfortunate that that happened, but Naomi deserves better. I mean, there, there's just really a, just a flat line to any type of ascension with her character, with, with Team Bad. Uh, as far as uh, as far as show, and well, before that was Bubba Ray and uh, Jey Uso, and uh, you know, I I didn't think that they were going to lead this to WrestleMania. I really not very. I really don't care too much about this match if they do it at WrestleMania. Uh, yeah, them the, the them making the Dullies heels helps the Usos because the Usos are very stale. I you know I I've made it very clear that I'm an Usos guy, but I just uh, yeah yeah. I, that 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 war dance that they do in the beginning it just has to go. I understand that this tradition is heritage and I respect it, but it's just so boring and so stale. Every, I mean, I just I almost fast forward every time. Their, their interest is one of the worst interests in in all of WWE. Period. I mean, there's there's no there's no dispute of them being one of the top five or probably the top three worst entrances in all of WWE currently because it's just the same stuff, the same when I say ooh, y'all say oh, and uh, yeah, yeah, the same crap. And I just don't, I mean, the Dudleys being heels help them because the people, because the, the Dudleys are effective heels now because people don't really care about them. I mean, they just... You know, and I and I respect the heck of it. I've I've talked to Devon before. I've talked to him on the phone. He's a great guy, um, and and you know I respect the heck out of Devon. Um, heard some, you know, I've heard various reports on on Bubba Ray, mostly negative, but uh, I still respect his work. Yeah. He does. He's a he's a great character. Um, but you know, I, I just think the Dudley's just really kind of missed the bus on relevance nowadays. I mean, their their return was great. I loved it. It was one of the best returns, you know, in, in recent history. Of course, you know, Shane blew that out the water, but, you know, it, it was a really memorable return, recent return. But nowadays, I mean, they're effective heels because people just don't care. So they're, they're, they're just getting, like, Charlie Haas heat or X-Pac heat and because people just don't care about them. And I think that that is helping the Usos, and because of that, it's making the feud intriguing. But I, you know, 
I was hoping that they would turn this into a TLC against the New Day, but it just seems like they're kind of doing a, uh, Y2AJ. But I would think it would be even cooler if they did a if they wanted to add like a, uh, a TLC match uh, on on uh, on WrestleMania. <laughs> Man, just think about this. Just think about a four way TLC match between the Dudleys, the Usos, the New Day. And why to AJ? Talk about a show stealer. That would be a show stealer. And I'm, I'm sorry that I forgot about the Uso against uh, Bubba Ray. Because, again, you're right. Usos are born. They have the X-Pac chant. They have the it's, – it's so – it's the same thing every week. And they haven't changed. Even when Jay was out for so long, he comes back. Same thing. It's boring. Exactly. You've always been an Uso guy. I've always thought they were kind of, eh, I get, hokey. you know, some <laughs> hokey. There's a smelling thing, but, you know, but Bubba Ray, Devon, the Dilly themselves, we're not a nostalgia act. We don't want to do tables and chairs and ladders, whatever anymore. You almost need that from them. So I see why they want to boycott it, but they're going to have to come back to it because that's what we want from them. And it's, that's, Unfortunately, that's what you are. I'm sorry. That's what the WWE Universe wants from you. So you're going to go back to that, like it or not. Who cares? Because that's the only thing that could really save the Usos, if anything, could save them at all. Yeah. And as far as show and, and Owens, man, it really seems like they're heading that to WrestleMania. And, oh, man. Who cares? That's it's another throwaway. It is a throwaway back. <laughs> WrestleMania is oh, building to be man. the one of the worst pay-per-views. Yeah. I'm I'm hoping not, but it's really, really looking like that. It's going it's, to be absolutely rough. I mean, like at least they had some type of build when when Show went against Cody Rhodes for the Intercontinental Championship and won it. At least there was some story as far as the WrestleMania moments. He never had his WrestleMania moment, and and and, or, and Cody would show the whole Aki Bono thing and Floyd Mayweather thing and the WWF New York thing, and so that was interesting at least. And and uh, but yeah, man, Owens and Show, I, I think if it was, I, I think if they didn't already do it twice on SmackDown and on um, Raw, you know, exchanging countout victories, that's again. It's just the art of not building stuff. It just doesn't make any sense at all because the thing is that that match, you know, that 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 never before seen match, Big Show, Kevin Owens, it could have worked. I, I would I could have been intrigued, but you've already you've already blew the fuse because you because they've fought twice in a week. And so I'm not interested anymore. Now it's just a matter of if they do this again, if they fight again, Owens will probably beat, beat Big Show somehow. And if he beats, beats him clean on WrestleMania, it'd be, it'd be good for Owens. But, I mean, Show turning face again, heel face, heel face, inconsistent. Big Show is not a strong enough character for Owens to really get over because people beat Big Show and Big Show's not a solid character anymore. Yes, he has that wow factor of being a giant. Yes, I get it. But at the same time, it's still like, eh, you know, Kevin Owens beat the big show. That that could have happened on SmackDown. So I'm not too I'm not too interested in that. Again, if they would have booked it as a never before seen match, it would have had that 
suspense factor to it of how can Kevin Owens beat the big show cleanly? See, how can he pin him? How could that work? Of course, of course he couldn't do the pop-up power bomb. How would he have been able to do that? So that would have caused the element of surprise. But now, I'm not intrigued because they're already beaten to the ground. Beat it to the ground, it's been dead. And so that's the thing. I mean, the big show, bless hurt, but it, Kevin Owens has so much more force behind him. And the big show, if he wasn't a crybaby a few months ago when he was a corporate lackey or whatever he was and cried and bawled his eyes out, I mean, just, you don't, the big show, your ship has sailed. I'm sorry. I love you, but it's just not believable. And if you win this week, week. You're going to lose the week after that and the week after that. And you might win again sometime popped up in the future. Who cares? I mean, after that, you got Dean Ambrose versus Del Rio. Match itself was okay. The big thing was when Triple H came out, and that kind of built up to what we're going to have at Roadblock is uh, the Ambrose against Triple H. I'm, I'm just not sold on it. It just doesn't. It seems so quickly planned and there's other people involved that what are you doing to their reputation? Like we said, we started the show with this. With the, what does that say for Roman Reigns and what does that say for Brock Lesnar? You got yep. these two guys in the middle of a feud with separate people and they're going to go together and fight. And, you know, what does that say? Is it going to change anything? Probably not. WrestleMania is still going to be Ambrose, Lesnar, and Reigns, and Triple H. But what's the point of it? Why throw this extra thing in there, put a stick in the spokes when it's unnecessary and it's unneeded. Right. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I agree. There is, there's no need to it. Alright, we got a few minutes left. Let's get to the Flavor of the Week. It is now time for the Flavor of the Week! Alright, real quick. The title changes uh, with WrestleMania between WrestleMania 1 and WrestleMania 6. Before we go into the title changes, let me just play a little bit of this. WrestleMania 1 theme song. Be surprised. It's going to be very exciting. Here we go. Oh, <laughs> uh, you gotta love it, man! WrestleMania one theme song. It's uh, oh, the good old days. You, you just gotta love the good old days. All right, so with WrestleMania one, uh, there were three titles on the line, and none of them changed. Actually, Wendy Richter defeated Leilani Kai. So, uh, kudos to Wendy Richter. We saw her a uh, few years ago uh, with the. Um, with the uh, whole Heath Slater thing, that was uh, pretty pretty interesting. WrestleMania two, when they had it in three different cities: uh, Chicago, New York, and Los Angeles. Uh, there was no title changes uh, on uh, that card, other than the British Bulldogs uh, beating the the Dream Team and winning the uh, WWE Tag Team Championship. 
WrestleMania three, of course, we had. Uh, oh, that was uh, one of the biggest one, Pontiac uh, Silverdome, and then we had uh, check out the classic match of uh, classic video of the week was uh, Steamboat and Savage, and uh, Steamboat beating Savage for the Intercontinental Championship. WrestleMania four. Of course, uh, in WrestleMania four, there was uh, one of two uh, WrestleManias at uh, uh, Trump at the uh, Atlantic. Uh, was it the uh, yeah Atlantic City uh, Convention Hall, and the tournament matches with uh, Savage. Um, there was no title changes. Beefcake beat the Honky Tonk Man, but uh, it was for disqualification. And Demolition did beat the. Uh, Strike Force to to win uh, the tag team championship. Uh, the title was vacant. The WWE title was vacant, so I guess it changed from vacant to Savage, and, and Savage ended up winning that one. WrestleMania Five was the second straight uh, WrestleMania in the uh, in Trump. Um, it was the Convention Hall in the Trump Plaza uh, in Atlantic City. It was the, the second one in, 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 in Atlantic City. And in that one, uh, we had the Ultimate Warrior uh, losing the Intercontinental Championship to uh, Rick Rude. And, of course, Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan uh, beating Randy Savage because the Mega Powers exploded. Yeah. Elizabeth. Elizabeth. And then finally for today, 1990, WrestleMania six, of course, one of the most exciting, electrifying main events of WWE history. Uh, first, the Colossal Connection loses to Demolition. Uh, Demolition gets the tag team title at WrestleMania again, and of course, the end was the Ultimate Warrior defeating Hulk Hogan and raising both the Intercontinental and the WWF World Heavyweight Champion, WWE World Heavyweight Champion uh, up in the air. What out of those six was your most memorable title change? My my favorite has to be Ricky Steamboat and Randy Savage. It's going to go down the annals of history, obviously. My favorite was probably when uh, Hulk Hogan defeated Macho Man at WrestleMania Five. Uh, Warrior uh, WrestleMania Six itself was just phenomenal. I mean, everything with Demolition beating the Colossal Connection. I remember uh, it was uh, Andre the Giant got stuck in the ropes and the mm-hmm. Haku. Yep. Bobby Heenan got upset with Haku, hit him in the chest, and Haku, I think, just nailed him. Or No, no, he was it was Andre the Giant nailed uh, Bobby Heenan. So, uh, wow. The, the, <laughs> the first couple of WrestleManias, they're good. They're, you know, whatever, but they weren't. You know, it wasn't until WrestleMania three that really solidified the showcase of the immortal. So, well, WrestleMania started the uh, theme song of the na 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 I think it was like the whole because the the ultimate challenge was the was the yeah I think there was maybe ten or eleven they had that song they had that song oh oh 
WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Run awesome. DMC had to WrestleMania rap at WrestleMania 5. Yeah, they cool. sure did, man. Absolutely. But Absolutely. <laughs> WrestleMania 5 was probably the cream of the crop. WrestleMania 6 as well. My favorite was probably Ricky Steamboat. And- I would say that that was the best. I would say that that's the best out of the out of the six years. Uh, to me, the most memorable was just. I mean, just it was like just the explosiveness and the electricity that came be- behind uh, H- Hogan and, and, and Ultimate Warrior was just absolutely amazing to me. So that, that was be, that was yeah, yeah, it was absolutely. I was amazing. in fourth grade, and that was just everybody yeah. talked about it. Yeah, everybody. You're either a Warrior yeah. fan or a Hogan fan. That's right. The bus ride after that, the ride, the bus ride the next day was that's what we talked about on the bus. So it was awesome. It was awesome. Great show tonight, of course. Thank you so much. So much fun tonight. Just talking about some more WrestleMania stuff. Next week, David Richards on the show live. Stay tuned. Be sure to mark your calendars and tell your friends. Until next week, enjoy your week of wrestling. God bless. Daddy loves Ian Elijah. And you all have a great night. God bless. Bye-bye. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.